When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the southernmost points of Dorne to the lands of always winter, what is west of west and that shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk, episode 75. That's like some kind of anniversary, right? I don't know how that works. I don't keep track of that stuff. But I'm happy you're here. We got a fun one this week. Really one that forced me to look back and dig deep in many different ways. And I don't know, as always, don't know if I have the right answers or I'm not happy with my answers. And this is why I love having this discussion. This is why I love looking back at the lessons, the themes, and the moments of Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, because I think that helps us look ahead. Don't forget, we announced last week, starting September 4th, we will be doing a Game of Thrones rewatch. One episode a week, so we'll be here for a while. Doesn't mean you can't watch more than one episode that week. If you said, I'm sure it's going to happen. If you're going to put one on and I'll watch one episode, seven episodes later. That's, that's how it works. That's why this show became... I think so popular, uh, especially on the rewatches. But we are going to uh, do that. I have a little uh, format set ready to go. If you listen to me talk Star Wars with Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa over on Force Center, the way we look at a lot of shows, particularly right now, we're in the middle of our Clone Wars rewatch. Going to be applying that to Game of Thrones as best I can, and going uh, going deep going deep into the themes as best we can. I, I love sliding on the surface of things. I love kind of talking about the swords and sandals and the dragons and uh, the wigs uh, <laughs> and Stannis Baratheon. But we're going to find uh, find out uh, while, while we look back what really grabbed us about the show and what we learned from the show and why that means we keep coming back. The power of why. Storytelling. I'm excited to turn my eye towards Game of Thrones a little bit more. With that eye for the why. But as always, we got some calls, some thought starters that got me thinking here today. As always, if you want to join the conversation here, just call into the Anchor app. It's pretty easy to do. Just go to Anchor, find Casterly Talk. There's a, a, a message a function. You put your phone to your ear. Remember when phones were used for that? And you just leave a little 59-second uh, message, a question, a thought starter. Uh, we absolutely love uh, hearing them and coming back to them. Because, again, uh, as always, you guys have such great insights and thoughts and perspectives and points of views uh, on Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire and the World of Ice and Fire that sometimes I haven't thought about it or sometimes I haven't thought about it in a while. A lot of good stuff lately. Uh, Eric Monroe and Howland Reed and his involvement uh, with the story or lack thereof and would John have gone to him. Uh, Mark 
uh, Mark Kamire uh, from, from Mark Talk and Feeding the Monster talking about where the hell was Jon Snow going to go, which prompted Eric to bring up Holland Reed. That's the ongoing conversation here. And I love it. I love hearing all the voices, a wide variety of voices, and I hope you uh, still enjoy calling in. We are going to be going to Eric Monroe, who I just want to just shout out. Eric Monroe has been a listener here since the Daily Thrones days, uh, has uh, called in uh, all the time, just gives up a, a, gives up his time and energy for our casually talk here, and I really appreciate it. Um, and he just uh, he loves the series. He loves to dig in and he loves to question it at times. He loves to find out what were they thinking, and uh, and that's what we do here. So he had a he had a great one. Uh, it paused it caused me, and paused my it paused my life and caused me to go uh, dig up some uh, thoughts and notes here. So let's get to the call asking about our favorite promo. Hey, can I casually talk? So Game of Thrones promos, trailers, teaser trailers, all that good stuff. Whenever I do a rewatch, I always watch the promo for the next episode, even if I'm about to watch the episode. And, you know, it got me thinking, what is your favorite uh, promo trailer or teaser trailer? There's a couple that stand out for me. Number one, everybody has their opinion on season eight as a season. But I, I loved the trailer where they show Arya running in the hallway. That was very effective. But for me, my absolute favorite, Cream of the Crop. War is here, the promo for Blackwater. I absolutely love it, hearing the bells ringing and, you know, Vera saying, uh, I've always hated the sound of the bells. It just, when you watch that promo, it just gets you so ready for that episode and the action. And I just want to lead in the charge with Stannis. It's just amazing. So what is your favorite Game of Thrones promo? Oh, geez, Eric, this, this one overwhelmed me in the best way possible. I'll say this. So I love the Blackwater promo. You're right. And I'm like you. And I think if you're listening to the show and you're the type of Game of Thrones fan that I am, and we're still talking about it, we haven't moved past the show, right? Hey, we've gone on with life, but Game of Thrones is still in our blood. You didn't skip the promo. You didn't skip the intro. I mean, that's like a sin. And and you don't skip the promos. Now, I will say this. I tried to maybe only watch them once, especially when I was... Yeah, I had to when we were reviewing the shows for either The Night is Dark, uh, Watching Thrones, uh, Thrones, Talking Thrones, Thrones Talk. Well, there's a Talking Thrones, Thrones Talk, whatever names you give these shows, right? Uh, I felt I had to watch them just once because we'd be talking about it in the show about what's coming next next week. But I never like to get, you know, too into it. I never, never really watched the promos more than once. That's why my memory... I will admit it's a little foggy on the promos. I always did watch them just because you needed that, especially for some of the bigger episodes of Game of Thrones, right? Not only were you just excited for what was coming next week, you needed that catch of the breath before you went back out into the real world. Or maybe you could just rewatch the episode again. But, you know, like it'd be Sunday night, watch the episode, you're taking a deep breath, oh, credits are rolling, all right, and then on the next Game of Thrones, okay, what's, all right, looks cool, okay. Whew, all right, now I can go live. Uh, that was just kind of me with the promos. I think during the rewatch, we'll be able to kind of look at those promos again. But it's, you know, we got, like, what, 72, 71, 72 promos. I guess you wouldn't have a promo for episode one, like, in this style, next on. And you would uh, not have one past the finale. So there you go. Um, you do the math. I'll have to go through. But the Blackwater one, I do remember. Yeah, because that they season two does such a good job of building to the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Especially in a, in a show that did not even then did not have the budget it wanted yet and would eventually get, and it couldn't just toss everything on the screen. And they had one big battle to get to. Yeah, it it did a 
it did a, it did a great job of building towards that battle. So the promo made sense. War is coming because we hadn't really seen that on the show yet to that level. So great one. But thinking about the seasons, thinking about teaser trailers. Oh, I love those. Who doesn't love a good trailer? That's it's why there is that whole trailer reaction, trailer breakdown kind of world of content out there. It's never been my favorite form of content, especially trailer reactions. I think if you followed me long enough, you know. But I will say this. I get it. I get where it comes from. And I've done some trailer breakdowns in my day. And guess what? We'll continue to do the trailer breakdowns in the day. The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer comes out. Boom. Joseph and I are going to be digging into it. New Star Wars movie trailer comes out. We're going to be digging in. Indiana Jones trailer. I'll dig into it. Love it. House of the Dragon. You better believe it. I think sometimes that can get blown out of proportion. It creates these expectations. You forget that these trailers are often cut by different houses. It's not like David and Dan are sitting there making them. They might have some approval. JJ certainly had approval over his trailers, all that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, usually hire a company like the Ant Farm in in Hollywood, and they go make a nice trailer for you, and it goes through some cuts and revisions, and they're pulling from things all over the place. They're just trying trying to give you the theme, trying to give you the feel. And I think even I can fall victim to that, of looking back looking back at some of my trailer co- uh, breakdown content, of you get caught into, what does that mean? Oh, gosh, I'm excited. Could it be this character? Could it be this moment? When you're forgetting, the trailer's just trying to sell you the concept and the theme of what you're about to see. The Star Wars movies, 7, 8, and 9 in particular, have really been about that. We are telling you, the themes at the core of this story, not so much predictions and plot points. But you could have fun with that. And we should have fun with that. And going back and watching these trailers because of Eric's prompt made me remember the joy these trailers gave me, the excitement, the anticipation, and how wrong I was at times, about what I thought I was seeing. Now, there were some times you're like, oh, I think think this is that, and you're right. It happens. So that was part of the fun of this journey, of just going back, and it's fun to watch these trailers now, knowing what comes, knowing what came after, and just not having that pressure to be like, "Uh, I got to get it right, I got to get it right, I got to go onto a YouTube show or a podcast and make some sort of prediction that will blow people's minds and we'll be right. Now you just get to enjoy them for what they are. Commercials. Or something you love. And I do have a list of some ones that I like. So it's, you know, you go, when you go on YouTube, you also have to make sure it's not some fan edit. I, I, I saw a great, uh, tra- I was like watching a trailer. I was like, this is great. I don't remember it, as I said. Fan compilation of Game of Thrones moments. Go to the official channels. There's some stuff out there. But here's what I got. There are teaser, I think I love the teaser trailers a bit more. But the official trailers, and there's different cuts, and what's trailer one, what's trailer two. Let's not get bogged down by that. But I love this one here. Season four, The War's Not One. The people love their king. They know I saved the city. They know I won the war. Not one. Oh, then the music hits. It's tempting to it's see so your enemies as evil. But there's good and evil on both sides in every war ever fought. Deep in the world. 
choice. They can live in my new world or they can die in their old one. Things are a bit tense right now. I don't think I'm talking my way out of this one. The wildlings breach the wall, they roll over everything and everyone. Given the opportunity, what do we do to those who've hurt the ones we love? I want to know which side you're on. Tell your father I'm here. And tell him the Lannisters are the only ones who pay their debts. You'll fight over him like beasts until you tear him apart. I will burn our house to the ground before I let that happen. Wars! Tonight we fight! There's only one hell. The one we live in now. Dinklage bringing it home. Man, I love that one. This is also, I remember, so by season four, you know, again, we're talking about budgets, but also just the promotion budgets and the anticipation. And the, the trailers just kind of became bigger events and bigger things. And so the music starts really coming into play. It, 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 it's specific. It's songs. It's actual artists uh, versus just kind of some generic kind of promotion. Uh, if you go back and watch uh, the trailer for season one of, uh, you know, the book series by George R. R. Martin now coming to TV, it's kind of got more generic music. It's more of a generic trailer. It's fun to go back and watch. I love this one. It's the Dinklage line, the, the Tyrion line at the end. If, if, if you want Justin, you've come to the wrong place. Really sets to me the, the tone for the season. Uh, Obren, we know the justice that's not going to be served there. I think Danny and Marine, a little bit of that, and how she's gone there, stayed there to be a ruler and bring justice to the city, and justice is hard to find there. Uh, Jorah's speech about good on both sides, but what that means, and then uh, Baelish just really playing that game when he's up there in the Vale of I want to know what side you're on, but used in this, it's just really kind of, hey, drives it home, choose a side despite both sides maybe being having something, and of course, Joffrey, and we know Joffrey doesn't, end up lasting long in this season. Uh, You can see that. uh, You can feel it. uh, But really love it. It starts with Marin Tran. They love their king. No, they don't. And Jamie's line, the worst not one. It's it's why I love that trailer. It's the heart of it. The conflict is not over. The conflict is never over. It never will be. Defeat the Night King, you still got some battles to go on to have. Until the wheel is broken, I suppose. So this one was one of the ones when when Eric posed this question, when I got this call, I jumped to this one. Just Dinklage saying that, and that great scene. Great scene. I mean, I saw a note today, Oprah Martell maybe has 30 minutes total screen time in, in season four. It's like when you hear Darth Vader's got like, I think it's like 12 minutes or so in A New Hope, but it just affected an entire generation, right? And just, you want more of that character? With Vader, we got more. Ober Martell, Red Viper, we don't get more. 30 minutes or so. Doesn't matter the exact number. It, it, it's the impact of the scenes. And, and this scene, th- those two sharing the moment and, and for that justice, uh, you know, you've come to the wrong place moment. It just, it, it's so memorable in that trailer. But I, I'm certainly not done. I uh, agree with Eric. The breaths here of Arya Stark, season eight. Oh my Panicked running. Where is she running? 
He's got many faces. I look forward to seeing this one. Well, if we wanted a prediction of who was going to kill the Night King, <laughs> might have got it right there. Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. final season all right again like eric said in the call put aside what you might have felt what you didn't feel or what you loved and hated in season eight different discussions for different times the anticipation for that was big even coming off a season uh, that had some big questions about it season seven without a doubt but we had the delay right remember the, 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 the delay remember when we just thought we'd never see game of thrones season eight and now, oh wow! I'm glad we wrapped it up before 2020. That would have been, would have been a problem. Uh, the anticipation was great, and I, this was a trailer I loved breaking down. Absolutely loved breaking down. Remember Rachel Cushing and I talking about this stuff, talking about the Aria running there. And again, a joke, but what a prediction! Uh, you know, death's many faces. I'm ready to see this one. You know, some stuff happens, but she does face down death. To me, the core of this trailer it is brand it is his words and he talks about going home everything you've you've done has brought you brought you to where you belong and it's interesting because as we're wrapping up star wars the force uh, the rise of skywalker trailer when we finally get to hear from palpatine he's kind of saying some of that kind of same thing uh, you know you're you're coming together will be your undoing kind of like it's the end of the story stuff so what else are you going to put in these trailers right but to me it's really it's really powerful coming from brand Yes, he knows everything, but he's he's telling everyone. He's telling all the characters. Everything you've ever done has brought you here, where you belong. Now, he says home, and well, that's pretty sweet, right? That's pretty sweet. But no, to me, I've always interpreted it as, as the theme of this final season. This big, giant journey has brought you to where you belong, meaning where you might deserve to be, both in a good way, in a bad way, and definitely your actions brought you here. That was what we were about to see. That was what was pretty evident in Brand's words there. You're going home somehow, some way. How are you going to get there? Well, you made some choices. The final choices might be up to you. And I think that was what they were kind of getting us prepped and ready for in season eight. Not anticipating problems with the season, but just kind of like, 
We've got some final moments coming, some decisions, some final decisions. Your final answers, so to speak, are coming from the characters. Final of the big trailers, and we're going to go into the teaser trailers. Thanks for uh, always uh, following me on the journey of playing the clips. I know it's a, it's an audio podcast, and there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, even when we play the scenes, you're just hearing the dialogue, the sounds. But I, I, you've, I, I'm trying to give you the taste, right? It's a salad bar. Have a little crouton. You know what the rest of the salad tastes like. Now I want croutons. All right. Here we go. So my final, I have all the and I didn't, you know, you could probably put out every trailer. Let's be honest. I do love the season six trailer. I'm going to play it. Um, coming out of season five, Snow's dead, right? We know he's coming back. What do we get? He was the man to lead us through the long night. But I was wrong. Do you like games, little man? You would spill blood in this holy place. The gods were mine. They spill more blood than the rest of us combined. Them using that sound from the Battle of the Bastards. Great choice. There will not be a third. It's all I think about. What was taken from me. I know what happened. There's no hiding from this. We have to fight. The dead are coming. Dragons do not do well in captivity. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Zinger! Uh, oh, let's not forget Tyrion facing off against a dragon. We can't forget that. Oh, angry dragon. Who are you? That's what that trailer says to me. Who are you? That question gets proposed. Who are you? Do, are you in Lannister? Are you at the head of the army where you belong? What side are you on? You got to fight. Those big questions that keep coming back time and time again in the series. But by season six... Those wonderful shades of gray that we always talk about and celebrate. Well, we've been swimming around in those waters for a while, but now we're starting to get to the point of you have to decide who you are. Those decisions will take you to the end, season eight, going into season six. But just, yeah, the use of that, oh, oh, which is taken from the Battle of the Bastards when Ramsey's army is uh, closing in on everybody. Just great. The art of the trailer. There it is on display. All right, I, I, I don't want to break down these big trailers here. I want to go to the teaser trailers. So I talked about, hey, when, when Eric's call came in, I went right to, if you want justice, you come to the wrong place. Just kind of, just kind of, you go to those, those moments that jump out. Not to a specific trailer, but just a moment, and then that can kind of clue you in onto the trailer. Maybe, maybe you love. The, the number one choice is coming. My number one favorite Game of Thrones promo is on the comment. But first, I do want to go to Season 7. This is an official trailer. 
Got released June 21st, 2017, a lifetime ago. This is the hashtag Winter Is Here campaign. And we'll play a little bit here. I love that. Love they're grabbing the music we all love. Fight every battle, everywhere. Always. In your mind. Centuries our families fought together against their common enemy, despite their differences together. We need to do the same if we're going to survive, because the enemy is real. It's always been real. Man, I just got nerd chills again here. That's why I love that one. If you're looking for themes, you got Baylor's telling you to fight everyone around you all the time. Always be fighting and be closing. That kind of ended up getting to him, but it's again a general theme. That's an idea. That's what's going on. But Jon Snow and others and, and Arya invoking the words of her father, which can definitely be uh, – you, you, you could definitely look at it as, as her talking specifically, specifically about the Starks in the story. But obviously we know it, it, it could be about everything here. When you look at season seven and what we know is coming, what is this trailer telling you? On one hand, fight, man. We all want the throne, right? That's it. That's what it is. For the throne. Hashtag for the throne. That's what this was always about, right? The Game of Thrones. Fight around you. Baelish has got the right idea at times, right? Love him or hate him. He's sometimes ahead of the game until he was finally behind it because he just kept fighting. He just kept fighting until he was defeated. When you play the Game of Thrones, either win or you die. And the same goes for the Game of Thrones slot machine. But Jon Snow is talking about what we know. The evil is always there. We must put aside all our differences and not fight all around do not have that mindset want to survive we got to get together he died for that he died for the free folk generations of tradition of us versus them he said together and he died for it but now he's back and he's here to warn you he's here to let you know this is what's coming in ned stark's words about the stark family Definitely have meaning for this story in this season. Lone Wolf, the pack. One has a better chance of surviving. Can they do it? And season seven is all about fighting on many levels. Arya, Sansa, 
again, don't worry about whether you like those storylines or not. not. Don't worry if you like how the writers did it or handled it. I get it. Those are conversations to have. But Ari and Sansa fighting it first together. Baelish fighting all around. Danny, John, who's going to bend the knee? Who's going to fight? The Hound, Beric, he doesn't like them. He's got to work with them. He learns more about himself by working with them. You got everyone uh, meeting up for Snow Team 6. And everyone, it's like Clue. Everyone's got something against someone here at that meeting. But they all got to work together to go up and get a White Walker, which is a crazy, a, a White Walker or a White. Does, it's a crazy story. And, I, you know, I get it. Retrospect, maybe, I, maybe I, I liked it more earlier on than I like it now, but I still like the moments. I still love the banter, but I still love what it's telling us. It's part of this season's theme. We all have a reason to hate each other. We have to work together for our survival. I think that's pretty powerful, and I think that's what Season 7 was all about on Game of Thrones, and I thought that trailer did a good job. All right, my favorite Game of Thrones trailer. Here it is. Going into Season 6, and I'm looking. There's different versions. You know, again, sometimes it gets confusing, but I'm going to play the official HBO UK Red Band trailer. So plug yours, kids. And it features uh, the... Great song, A Wicked Game, which, of course, originally done by Chris Isaac. I think about 1990, if my rock DJ brain is remembering right. But this is performed live at Kilkenny Arts Festival from James Vincent McMorrow. If you haven't just downloaded the song, it's from his We Don't Eat EP, uh, do so. I love the song. I love the Chris Isaac version. But this is a just heart-wrenchingly beautiful, uh, just gothic, ominous gothic version of the song. And it is all through this trailer. He's gone. The world was on fire. No one could save me but... We're the only ones who matter. And everything they've taken from us, we're going to take back and more. strange what desire will make foolish people do. The great victory I saw in the flames... All of it was a lie. What a wicked game you play. Make me feel this way. What a wicked thing to do. Every one of us is poor and powerless. Yet we can overthrow an empire. You're in the great game now. And the great game is terrifying. Step aside or there will be violence. I choose violence. Oh, that was just so great. <laughs> Big music switch. Some great imagery. fighter apologies for what you're about to see Davos brings it home that actually is one of um, this is my favorite trailer but that's one of my favorite kind of uh, little codas little tags on the end there the other the Tyrion one of, of the justice is probably my favorite but Davos just kind of politely being I'm uh, probably gonna hack a bunch of people to death I apologize everybody love it uh, to me, the theme is the song. To me, it is the Wicked Game. Uh, we go back to season one, season uh, season one, episode seven. 
Uh, yeah, win or you die. That's what Cersei uh, thinks and says in that episode. You play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. It is a game, right? This whole thing's a game. Chaos is a ladder. Power is power. Power resides where men believe it is. All these kind of things we tell ourselves, but it's a wicked game. It can lead to the destruction. It can lead to everything. And we know this ends where it ends for the Tyrells and a lot of folks in the Sept of Baelor. We know what Cersei does with that wicked game and uh, what will be the cost. We'll find out. Just kind of, I don't need to dig much deeper than that. I don't want to dig much deeper than that. I think you can go into the official uh, Season 6 trailer to get more of it. This is just a perfect tease and a perfect use of a song and just uh, kudos to everyone involved in making that trailer. It's it's my favorite, and that's my choice. So there you go, Eric. Does that answer your question? That's the journey I went through. Uh, I, I didn't even expect to be talking about it this long, but uh, just going back and reliving just the excitement and the anticipation is great, and finding the meaning of those trailers. I always um, I suggest you do. I suggest you, you, you watch the trailers with the excitement, with the predictions, the speculations, and then go back and watch it before the you know, before House of the Dragon, before Star Wars Episode Thirty Five, so before Marvel Avengers Twelve. Doesn't matter. They all have themes. They're trying to tell you the themes of these stories, the themes, the morals, what's at stake. That is what drives these stories forward. Everything else is just great seasoning, uh, spice in the stew, frosting on the cake. Look at the themes. Follow the money. Follow the themes, and I think. Um, you'll get a lot out of watching the show. But if you're listening to my words, you get it. You, 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 if you're listening to Casterly Talk, I think you enjoy the themes and you enjoy digging in, as well as the swords, the sandals, the dragons, and let's be honest, occasionally, the sex of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so well-rounded show. Scratches all needs, ticks all boxes, doesn't it? We're going to take a quick break here on episode 75 of Casterly Talk. On the other side, got a great call from Donald. That, like I said before, I don't always have the answer for. And I love putting it out there and hearing your guys' responses and also just thinking aloud. So stick around. Casterly Talk is here, diving into the themes, lessons, and moments of the worlds of ice and fire. Hey, it's Alden Diaz here to tell you about Octo Radio. It's an interview show that I do exploring the different passionate Star Wars perspectives from artists, writers, crafters, and even other podcasters, plus even some people straight from Lucasfilm. So you can come hang out on my podcast island and celebrate the Star Wars ties that bind us together. Oh yeah, what the pork said. You can follow us everywhere on social at A-H-C-H-T-O Radio. That's Octo Radio. And follow me at A-D underscore Strider. Hey team, I'm Grace Hancock, and I wanted to let you know that I'm adding new designs to my Society6 shop with several on their way. If you didn't know, you can go to society6.com slash Mrs. Grace and shop prints of my original artwork, as well as tons of other items like stationery, notebooks, mugs, throw pillows. It's a great place to shop for gifts or just for yourself, especially in my shop if you like witchy expressionism. So head to society6.com slash Mrs. Grace and check it out. Why We Love Star Wars by Ken Napsuck is a collection of little love letters to the greatest saga ever told, and a personalized copy can be yours today. 
Just go to KenNapsuck.com and choose the Shop tab. There, you'll find options to purchase exclusive poster art designed by movie trivia Schmodown star Janine Bryce, a signed copy of Why We Love Star Wars, and collector Knapsack file cards. Already have a copy of the book but still want an author's signature? Then check out the book plate package. Get a signed book plate sticker and a 3D printed keychain sent straight to your spaceship. Go to KenNapsack.com for pricing and shipping information. We're back here at Castle Talk. Thank you for listening to the adverts during the break. Support those shows that I help feature. Um, sites to buy things, or uh, you know, even my book, Why We Love Star Wars. I threw that one in this uh, in this week. It is available wherever fine books are booked. All right, let's get to this call. Queuing it up here. All right. Donald Long, we call him around my uh, Patreon page and Discord, Ranger Donald. And he had a great thought here. Great calls always from Donald. Hey, Ken and Cash Talk. Just wanted to call in here this week and talk about the deaths and the connections they have with their characters in the books in the show. Such as Jon Snow dies in the snow, also being betrayed, something that some people thought he was destined to do in his lifetime. Or Ned Stark, perhaps first major event we see or read about him doing is beheading somebody. The last thing we see of him is be getting beheaded for being a traitor. And finally also, Robert Baratheon being gutted basically by a big raging, probably fat, boar slash pig. Kind of have his connection with his character. Thanks. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Thank you, Donald. You might have heard me drop my pen during that call because I was trying to make notes. All right, so this is one of those calls where I like go, yeah, man, yeah, I love some of this stuff. Um, and some of it I'm very aware of. The Ned one is probably the best example of some poetry, some bittersweet poetry within the show. Uh, you go back to season one. This is, again, when we do the rewatch. I'm sure we'll talk about this stuff. Predictions and prophecies within the show. Something that's very present, particularly in George R. R. Martin's writing. And there's a lot of things along the way. And I love the channels. That's why I always look at McCastley Talk. It's one of many shows, if you're a Game of Thrones, World of uh, Ice and Fire, Song of Ice and Fire fan, uh, that you should be listening to. All right, I appreciate you listening to me, but go listen to History of Westeros. All Shift X. I didn't agree with some of his takes on Season 8, but uh, I just, just, you want book knowledge? Boom, that's some of the best stuff out there, and there's a lot of other places. Uh, I think I even started... uh, Really, back in the day, Emergency Awesome, Charlie Schneider. I, I still love some of his stuff about about Game of Thrones and, and all the stuff, and, and a real sweet guy. Uh, worked with him a few times. Uh, I, I, I do not have the time right now to dive into a lot of the book stuff with the deaths and the, and the prophecies and the predictions. It's all there. But in ta- I'm talking about how I love the themes of, of the show and the stories and the storytellers putting that stuff in there. Yeah, this stuff is very present. I, the Robert thing uh, again that some of that stuff is is gifted to you by george R. R. martin right and the ned thing particularly but uh, they can highlight they can choose to highlight what they want now uh, across the board if you look at every death and i did i went to there was a business insider article that i went through and they list let's see i just there's number one is shireen baratheon they list all the deaths in the show uh and then they give them a sadness ranking and they list, I mean, all the major deaths, you know, obviously there's uh, some uh, 118 deaths in the show of, of major and, and minor, very minor characters as well. 
They rank them all. Uh, and the time of death, cause of death, and the sadness ranking, how much it actually affected us. And some of their rankings, their sadness rankings, I don't know, a little snarky about what we saw on the screen. But it's fun stuff, too. Uh, and always remember, have fun with this stuff, folks. Have fun with this. Ramsey's a negative 25 sadness rating at uh, 118 and number one, Shereen Baratheon, high sadness ranking. So I went through all those this morning. Did do a little bit of research. And there are all the way through some, hey, their their first scene does match up with their death. Or their first scene might tell you something. Or, or, uh, things along the way about them will not necessarily help you predict their death, but make their death mean even more, right? So there's a lot there. And then there's some that are just deaths. I went through some of my favorite ones here. And and again, I'm not getting too deep on this one. And this is one of the questions I want to kick back to all of you and hear from you what you feel about this too. One of those ongoing conversations. The first one that jumped to mind for me actually was The Hound. Clegane Bowl, we got what we wanted. I still think that's just one of the most epic things. When you watch Clegane Bowl and the image of this burning castle and flames and a dragon's flight, it's like, wow. And go back to season one, them fighting, number one different actor for the mountain, right? Uh, two actors ago. But watch them fighting, taking those first uh, swings at each other on the uh, pitch uh, with the Loris Tyrell stuff. And to take that to where we are now, just as a fan and, and watching the show, the actual production of the show. Wow. I think it's great. But the fire and, and, and being tied to his, his brother and what his brother did, and it's all through the show. We've talked about the why of the hound, the redemption of the hound, the growth of the hound, and we will again. But to, to see him die that death in the fire, but to him to embrace it, and it is what got him uh, in the end, uh, you know, uh, the fall and probably the mountain as well. That one stands out to me. Uh, Viserys, golden crown, crown for king. Uh, he, you know, he's not he's not with us a long time, but every time he's on the screen, it's about, I will be king. I will be king. Where's my crown? Where's my crown? And he gets it. And it's very apparent. It's a great, delicious, uh, biting little uh, joke for uh, Cal Drogo there. Crown for king. I just love that moment. And it is one of the more brutal deaths. And I keep saying, just in terms of deaths, one of the deaths, if you're watching the show and you're not familiar with the books of the story and you're just watching it as it comes out in season one, you're like, oh, I, I expected this guy to be the main villain for a while or one of the main villains. Nope, he's gone. Shows plucking off characters, right? That's one of the, the, the early ones there. I think that one is great. Uh, Lies Aaron just simply out the moon door. Uh, again, you don't have to dig too deep for some of those themes. Some of them are present. And then uh, you can go to, how about Polliver? <laughs> I don't know if there's anything deep about Polliver's death. But it is, to me, one of the more satisfying deaths when Arya starts just quoting everything back and Pulver has that last second real, oh, no. Ugh. I love it. I love it there. So it's not exactly the spirit of what Donald's uh, talking about or asking here, but I love that one there. Uh, then there, there's two here left that I want to talk about here, and, and, and hopefully we'll hand it over to you, you all on, on, on future calls, and, and I can revisit this as well. Uh, the... The the most painful one, the one that was literally in our ears from the beginning. We just didn't know. Hodor, hold the door. Again, we're, we're, you can take this question a lot of different ways. The deep meanings, the themes. Uh, the Robert Rathing one's a great example. He is this, you know, fat, boorish oaf. That's what he's become. I like Robert, but that's what he's become, and that's what ends up getting him. And the drunk, uh, the drinking, and the 
the hunting and, and, and the disregard, all of it, you know, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. So I, I do, I, I do go that direction. There's the poetry of Ned and there's just this, the answer was in front of us the whole time. Hold that door. It's going to be a tough death to relive on the Game of Thrones rewatch. We're about to begin. This question, though, again, I don't have all the perfect answers here, but this question made me think when you're talking about deaths and things you hear or see or read early on and where it just kind of takes you right where you, that thing warns you, right? I went back to, I had to dig it up a bit. Uh, this is season four, episode eight. I knew it was a season. I had to find a clip. I guess I could have just brought up HBO Max, but then I just would have ended up watching the show. Uh, this is uh, Baelish talking to brave Sir Robin, and it's one of my favorite moments. She said it's not safe outside. It wasn't safe for her inside. People die at their dinner tables. They die in their beds. They die squatting over their chamber pots. Everybody dies sooner or later. And don't worry about your death. Worry about your life. Take charge of your life for as long as it lasts. That is what it means to be Lord of the Vale. Look at that, Baelish with some great life advice. He's just a walking, talking motivational poster, that that Peter Baelish. I love that moment because, you know, you're not, uh, you're just absolutely not... Uh, clued into what he's saying. You're like, yeah, you know, because a lot of it, I think, is, you know, you could take his references to the Red Wedding, die at the dinner table, die in their beds, you know, even, hey, Robert Baratheon. But then it just basically, it's a season four, episode eight, telling you, oh, this is how Tywin's going to die. <laughs> and again, um, is it specific? Yeah, I think it is. I, I, you know, it is. It is. I love that. I love that. It's just one of those things that's layered through. Fun little moment. I, I'm not, you know, not too deep of a discussion around it. Just when I got Donald's call, I went right to that first before the other stuff there. So Hodor on one side, tugs on the heartstrings, but it was there in front of you. And then there's Baelish. Like, spoiler, dude. Spoiler. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. So I love that there. Donald, great question. If you have a thought about that one, uh, I want to know. Uh, call in. Call in uh, to uh, us here at Castle Talk so we can have some fun discussing it down the line. And speaking of down the line, I keep uh, talking about it. Uh, but just for those who uh, didn't mark it on their calendars. Now, uh, September 4th, uh, the episode, we usually release these episodes on Fridays, occasionally a Saturday, depending on my recording schedule. But September 4th will be the first watch along. Now, I, I did do some more research. Whatever we were going to call it, Rewatchers on the Wall. That podcast, Rewatchers, which I did mention, when they went through the Game of Thrones series, they called themselves the Rewatchers on the Wall. They even had a very nice logo. So, yeah, we can't use that. We'll find something else. But it doesn't matter. Casually Talk is here. With that, we have a great name, thanks to Lon Harris, and we'll, we'll stick with that one. But we will go uh, into Game of Thrones going back to Season 1 episode one and we will go through an episode each week it doesn't mean we won't talk about game of thrones news there was some stuff this week i saw about george r R. martin and finishing the book you know i I, will revisit that when we need to but george just write the damn book stop uh, causing problems at award shows and just uh concentrate on the book don't leave your house all right go do that uh you know we'll talk about game of thrones news your questions your what ifs all those normal things continue with those uh, especially if you're maybe not going along on our watch-along journey. 
but we will begin September 4th, one uh, episode a week, just diving on into the themes of each episode, the moments, the shows, looking back, uh, find out what the man, and just having some fun with it too. Uh, there's always great uh, moments. I, I always say, um, you know, on the surface, but it's 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 an interesting surface. It's not it's not a it's slight or an insult of ah, just silly little sword fights. No, it's the whole package. That's why we're here, and we're gonna gonna be digging deep, but also having uh, fun looking back on the show. I am excited. I'm really excited because I have not since season eight. Other than these clips I've been watching and listening to, listening to on the show with you all, I have not gone back and looked at Game of Thrones. I just kind of wanted to kind of take a moment, let it all settle into my heart and soul, and uh, now to actually go back and look at it and watch it and uh, dive in with you all will be uh, fun. There will be guests along the way, and I think uh, I think we're contemplating putting some of them on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Ken Napsuck, uh, so stick around for that, but definitely audio. I always uh, approach it uh, from audio first, so we'll go uh, go to there. So uh, thank you for that. You can follow me at Cadnapsock to get updates on this. Use the has- hashtag Casterly Talk if you want to join the conversation. Casterly Talk, I can say the name of my own show. Or just like I said, call in on Anchor. That's my favorite thing to do, to hear from your voices and have you join the conversation here with me on the show. Go to catnapsock.com where you can find information on all the things I do, including upcoming events. Uh, we are happy to announce that Mark Ellis and Friends Comedy Extravaganza is back from a certain point of view. A return to live comedy, September 5th, 2027 p.m. showtime. Live stream from the Viper Room on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, California, West Hollywood to be exact. And you can watch virtually from home. Uh, so you can get your tickets at markellislive.net. Me and Josh McCuga co-hosting the show. There'll be some special guest comics. It'll be a very socially distant and safe show. There'll be no audience, no crowd, just a few crew members. Us on stage. Uh, and then a live Q&A, I believe, tied into Mark's uh, Patreon page and stuff after. Uh, go to his website again for information. But happy to get back on stage and perform there as well. Also on CanAppSock.com is the Charity Spotlight tab. Click on there if you want to find some charities that I support or are close to those who uh, listen to a lot of my shows or support me on Patreon. One of the ones I want to highlight right now because we are in wildfire season. But just in general, uh, the California Fire Foundation, cafirefoundation.org, is something I uh, uh, close to my heart and have donated to in the past. Uh, you can go to uh, their website and make a one-time donation, recurring donation, uh, donation in honor or memory of someone, become a partner. There's a lot of options to do. And this uh, provides emotional and financial assistance to families of fallen firefighters and the firefighters in the communities they protect. So as wildfires rage here in California... Right now, that's always something on our minds during this season. That's something a charity. Um, that's a charity we are supporting there as well. So that is that for this week here on Casterly Talk. Let us know what you think about those deaths, those trailers, and get ready for the rewatch. We'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk.